Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Z-Wing Podcast. Travis, how are you doing, sir? I'm well. How are you tonight? I am doing fabulous. I am Stefan Arnold, guys, if you don't know that. This is episode five. We are going to talk about a parent's guide to Star Wars and the definitive order to watch part one. The movies. The movies. Just Only the movies. the movies. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Later this spring or early summer, we will have the ultra deep, hardcore fan gotta watch all the movies and animated shows order to watch but right now in this episode we're going to do the movies and parents guide mm-hmm. travis you are a parent of children i am two boys yep yes. two and a half and five and a half yes well i have three four-legged children so this applies more to you oh okay why do you want to introduce them to star wars oh wow um well, I mean, obviously, I grew up on Star Wars, uh, 1977. I was six years old, so that I was at that age where the the first movie, Star Wars, before it was called A New Hope, uh, was like a, a lightning rod to my imagination. And in the core of all my creativity, I think Star Wars still sits there. I mean, I have a lot of influences as well, but I think Star Wars was the one thing that kind of made me start to think about storytelling and and character development um even at a young age when i started making uh character stories with my action figures there was always some sort of plot at the core of how i was playing and i have to say that's all because of star wars good versus evil trusting your friends knowing they'll be there for you Mm -hmm. all those kind of things right yeah yep cooperation um yeah you know that kind of that journey i mean obviously at that young age i didn't quite understand what the hero's journey was according to joseph campbell but when i studied it in college afterward i was like oh yeah okay i see it i I clearly recognize that that's sort of the the map of the story of luke skywalker and i mean so many other action-packed films and fantasy as well so i think those morals and values and um sort of that support structure that myths give us it's a great thing to teach our kids and then what a great platform to do it with star wars because it's a modern retelling of those big myths you know, knew I was going to have kids of my own. I wanted to give them sort of that same experience as close as possible. So the order to watch was something that was very heavy on my mind, how to introduce them into the characters and at what age um, would be appropriate to start to introduce them to some of those concepts without it being too frightening and while at the same time not going over their head. Yeah, that's a difficult balance because there is some scenes, especially in uh, right off the bat, if you introduce them to Star Wars A New Hope, um, that can be a little dramatic for a young younger child uh, when the Jawas are killed by the stormtroopers and uh, Luke's aunt and uncle are found burning outside their home. So how did you treat that um, with your, your son when you showed him the movie? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> With with all things on the movies and the TV shows he watches, we always have healthy conversations about how this is all fantasy. These things don't really take place. It's all just storytelling. And I think it, it goes a lot to say that it really depends on the development of your child when you say, okay, I think my child's old enough to see these things and, and understand what's going on without it being too frightening, without having a negative impact on them. So my son is five and a half. I originally wanted to wait until he was six and a half before I started introducing him to Star Wars, but... With Star Wars so saturated in our culture, um, it became a very real 
risk or concern that someone would blow some of the bigger you know spoilers that are really integral to how the story unfolds um of course i'm referring to spoiler alert darth vader is luke's father exactly and even to a lesser extent yoda and how he plays up the fool at first before he reveals himself as being the jedi master in empire strikes back as well my wife and i we we talked about it and i said well i think i'll i'll go ahead and, and start him on the early side at four and a half I had him watch A New Hope. And again, we had a conversation about, you know, this is just make-believe, it's play. And yes, it's implied on how the Jawas were killed and Uncle Owen and Nat Beru. You don't actually see it on screen, so I think that's kind of a, a good save there. But it was like, you know, he, he asked why the Jawas were dead, and I said, well, those they were shot down by the bad guys, and that's what happens. There's a consequences to that kind of gunplay. And he goes, oh, okay. And so we had some conversations. He was sad about it. Um, but it also sort of gave him that, okay, these are the bad guys and this is what Luke is up against. And so there's a real call to action here because we can't let this happen to our friends. And so in a way it kind of worked out. So hopefully we'll see as he gets older. Um, Yeah. And it's good to explain that, Hey, even though whatever you see can be disturbing, like it's just make believe and um, you know, these people made a movie, you know what a movie is and all that stuff. So that's good. So uh, we kind of broke into a definitive order to watch, I guess, if you taught your or showed your son um, Star Wars. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So, but we can go into that in a minute. I mean, there's a couple other things I think that, um, as far as a parent's guide, I'd, I'd like to address as well. Um, do it. <clears throat> there's a, a lot of other great things about Star Wars that I think is is fundamental in um, teaching kids. And you'd, you tapped on it as far as cooperation and and defending your friends and stuff like that. And I think there's a a real need for um, people to have that strength to come to the aid of the people they care about and those who are in need. Um, And we see that reflected in Luke's story, definitely. And if you weigh the original trilogy, you kind of see that in the actions, of course, of Princess Leia, but even Han Solo, you know, he starts off as somebody who is not necessarily trustworthy, but comes around and steps up to become a hero um, because he, you know, he, he develops a relationship with these characters. He cares about them. And, and of course, they care for him. And so let's rise together and support one another. I think those are very, very great lessons to to get in front of your kids in as many forms as possible. Um, for the most part, I think if you get that into kids' minds at an early age, they can carry that through and recognize that when they see it again and again in other shows and other comic books, books they read, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's so, it's so important these days to actually do that. So I mean, you do have to start them young to really get them being nice people, just quote unquote nice, if if that's the simplest word you want to want to use. And um, takes reinforcement. It takes lots of um, just effort to to make make a make a child and make a nice person. So yeah, good job for you. <laughs> Yay! And pat myself on the back already. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. We'll, we'll, if this podcast goes until he turns 18, 20, then uh, we'll see <laughs> how it all worked out. Yes, it'll almost be like, did he turn good or bad? So your your job is to make him uh, reach the light side, my friend. Yes, and to redeem but, me uh, when I fall. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the podcast is definitely going to last another 13 years. Yes. We are going on forever. <laughs> All right, enough about all that Parents Guide stuff, Travis. Here's what they came for. Here's the good stuff. The definitive order to watch. Yes, 
Wow. So what a big topic too, right? Because there's a lot of opinions about how that should go down. Well, you told me, uh, I th- believe in our first episode that some people don't even count Rogue One and Solo. So that's that's a place to start. Are there nine movies or are there eleven movies? Well, I mean, if we're just talking about the movies, I think there's eleven movies. Why not? I mean, they're fun. They're definitely fun to watch. I mean, why would you discount two movies? Hmm. I don't know. I think you count them. Would you count them? I would definitely count Rogue One. If you don't count Rogue One among the Star Wars stories, you are insane. It's the story that led to Star Wars. It's the whole reason the Death Star was destroyed. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So yeah, you need to at least include Rogue, Rogue One. And of course, if you include Rogue One, you have to include Solo because it's the same kind of type it's a star wars story so we're going to go with 11 movies starting out feature films i should say not animated travis give us some of the the options that people can choose from and then we'll give up our order to watch i the two that come to the top of my head um is of course the production order versus the episodic order I know that when George had finished making the prequels, he was very adamant about the intended way for you to watch this is, you know, chronological order, one, two, three, four, five, six. And this is before um, the Star Wars stories had come out as far as um, Rogue One and Han Solo. If you do tell the story in that order, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, it becomes a story of Anakin. For me, the Anakin story is not strong enough um, to hold that kind of strength, that, that kind of weight. I I've really find that the investment in the story, the heart of the story really lies with Luke Skywalker. And I think if you go through one through six, and then nowadays, you know, one through nine, losing that core character and going through that journey with him um, really makes the whole series, it diminishes what the whole series is about in my mind, you know, it is, you know, it, yes, it's very much the story of Darth Vader, how he, he was a little boy and then he became one of the worst villains in the world and then was redeemed by his son. And then the lineage that kind of staggered along after that. But I think that because A New Hope is such a great way to be introduced to the whole universe of Star Wars, because that's how it was originally made. Um, I personally f- like the production order. You know, we start with A New Hope. And then we go into Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. Um, because I think that that first trilogy, the original trilogy, is such a solid story. And I'm not saying the movies aren't perfect or are perfect, but that kind of myth retelling yeah. is a great way to get introduced into the whole Star Wars franchise. And then you kind of go back to episodes one, two, and three to kind of fill in the backstory, okay, this is how Luke's father had become who he became. And then that kind of adds some more importance to going into there from there. I think you're, you're coming about it from the right side. I, I, we tend to agree on some things and this is, this is one of them. I have a slightly different order that I'm going to give you in a little bit, but I think you have to be introduced to the whole galaxy, as we say, with um, A New Hope. I, I really don't see how you can you can start out with chronological order and really wow anyone, um, really get them excited about the franchise, about the characters or anything else. I mean, the characters are Luke and Leia and Han and, um, you know, even C-3PO, Chewie and R2-D2. Those are the core characters around the whole saga. So you're saying four, five, six, 
Mm-hmm. Then one, two, and three. Well, with, right? an, with an asterisk. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So, but then you go into you... Ro- then you go into Rogue One and Solo, and then seven, eight, nine. That's how you do it. You do one, two, three before you do Rogue. Well, the, there's such a tonal shift between Rogue One and A New Hope. It, I would not lead with Rogue One before seeing A New Hope because. Um, it it's just it it almost feels like two very different movies, and I know that there's like they link up within five minutes of each other, right? And you see the Tandem Five launch and uh, Leia's on her way yeah. and escaping, and Vader's watching her fly away, and then in the very next movie he catches up to her. Um, but if you think about just watching Rogue One first, what a terrible way to be introduced to Darth Vader. You know, he's just this shell of a man in a back to tank, and he finally comes out in this suit of armor and. And it's having this weird conversation with director Krennic, a, another bad guy we're just starting to settle in with. And then suddenly Krennic's gone, Darth Vader's still there. And then we see him immediately in the next movie, but he's not moving at you know half the speed he was in the scene prior to that. So again, I think A New Hope is a better way to, to introduce these characters. It's way more forgiving considering the time it was created as far as choreography and, and the saber fights and stuff like that. There is another order out there that is popular among fans and actually one super fan came up with it his name is ernest rinster and it's called the rinster order after him oh tell me it goes four five one two three so before it goes star wars empire the first three movies and then return of the jedi okay so i i kind of i kind of like that order as well because you definitely start with star wars Empire comes pretty much right after that. Then you kind of get the backstory. You get more fill-in of who Anakin is. And then, of course, Darth Vader. And then you get kind of the 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 final act of, of the first six movies, um, which is Return of the Jedi. Um, so I like that order. And then, um, obviously, uh, 7, 8, and 9 after that. Um, I like that order as well. But there's a special super fan order that... Actually, there's a lot of them out there that you you told me about that people actually make their own edits. And this was much more popular back in the day when people had access to the films on, on uh, videotape or in the early days of the web. <laughs> Tell us how lot, yes. you uh, introduced your wife to Star Wars yeah. um, and keep it a little bit brief because... You can go long on that story. Right. Well, <laughs> be- before I go on to that story, and we might need to save that for a follow-up episode because I would consider that like the super fan edit. Yeah. The order in which you watch the films, I think, also depends a lot in how quickly you're going to consume the movies. You know, are, are you going to binge watch them in a weekend? Then I think okay, that's going to well, determine a particular type of order you're going to watch it in. Are you going to spread it out, you know, maybe once a week or once a month? Yeah. If you were to stagger watching those movies out and you did um, the one or the the four, five, one, two, three, and then six, that time in between Empire that you're watching those those first three movies and then you go into Jedi, I, I love... I love the notion of understanding who the Jedi are and what is lost so that when you see the title Return of the Jedi come on screen, it has more power to it. But at the same time, it's it's an awful lot of time, depending on how you pace those movies out, to, to pause those primary characters we've already become so in love with and then get back to them after the fact. Yeah, that's tough. So this is Binge Nation. We are a Netflix world and Disney Plus world. Shout out Disney Plus. But uh, so if you're going to binge them, what is your optimal order then? Um, well, 
I, uh, I actually don't like the prequels very much. Um, they have a lot of great stuff in them, but I think as, as narrative, their weaknesses outweigh their strengths. And I think when you, you evaluate the movies as far as, well, do they over, do they add to the overall worth or value of the Star Wars story? I think they actually take quite a bit away. Um, I know that sounds kind of severe and I'm not proud of the fact that I feel that way, but I just think that they're so weak. I, I wouldn't willingly introduce those movies to anybody I cared about. <laughs> I know that sounds very severe, but. So let me ask you this. And I know, I know where you're going because we've talked about this yeah. a little bit. But if someone who isn't insane and doesn't want to watch all of these movies, um, say over a weekend yeah. or, you know, a very short time period and they actually, you know, want to get out and see the sun, would you even skip those movies? Would you say, you know what, here's what kind of goes on at, or talk to me after the first two movies, uh, Star Wars and Empire, and I'll, I'll fill you in on the first three or are they need to be. Do they need to be seen at least? So it sounds like no. Almost. Yeah, I would. I would say if you have somebody who hasn't seen Star Wars yet and they're curious to see it, um, and if they're even into film history, I'd say four, five, six, done. And if you if those three movies resonate with you in a in a, in a positive way and you want to dive deeper into it, then you would go into Rogue One solo, and then you'd watch uh, seven, eight, nine. I I don't think that watching one through three is that big of a deal because there's other. There's other Star Wars properties out there that kind of fill in that same information, but does it so much better than the prequels did. I'm referring to the cartoon series, The Clone Wars. Um, the only thing with The Clone Wars that would cause a bit of a, a complication there is that it would be a missing hole where Revenge of the Sith would happen. And I, I do have like a, a big structure because I'm, I'm doing this with my son. I've spread out his Star Wars watching experience um, to be like in a family event. So we, you know, once a week we watch an episode of, you know, some type of show that is Star Wars based so that he gets to be gradually introduced and, and to live in this world with his imagination. I'm not doing a binge watching with him. So this whole pattern, I have like this ultimate Star Wars mega fan viewing experience is kind of spread out across four years for him. And he's watching other things at the same time. So it's not just Star Wars, right? So, you know, on Monday nights, you can watch Harry Potter. And on Thursday nights, we get to do the Star Wars whoa, thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Monday night is Monday night football, buddy. I'm sorry. Monday <laughs> night football. <laughs> Plug free <Right>. fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? Okay. A long time ago, after the prequels had come out, I was dating this woman. And she had actually never seen Star Wars. Um, she kind of knew of it, but it wasn't like a big thing for her. You know, she wasn't really into sci-fi movies. And, and she was curious about my passion about movies. I, I told her one of my biggest influences was Star Wars. And she was like, oh, well, tell me about it. I'm like, well, let's watch them. And I, I kind of went with the whole, well, George Lucas, now he's finished these six movies. Let's do one, two, three, four, five, six. And she watched them. And I think we did it. God, I can't remember if we did it within the span of a week or maybe it was a couple weeks. You know, we didn't, again, cram it. But she was very meh about the whole thing. And that could just be, you know, that's just not the kind of movie she's into. Um, fair enough. But at the same time, she thought that the the prequels were very nice looking. Um, you know, at the time, they were state-of-the-art uh, special effects. And that the original trilogy, you know, heartbreaking to hear this say this, they, she said they should be remade. Um, and... I felt like so. Why did you introduce her to uh, Star Wars, starting with one, two, three, then instead of uh, Star Wars? Well, because you know, I was raised with four, five, six, and then one, two, and three. And you know, one, two, and three. At that time, I was still like, wow, I'm not really sure I like these movies, but I, you know, I watched them several times just to to better formulate an opinion about them. But I didn't, you know, I 
I, I only have access to the experience that I have with Star Wars and it's four, five, six, and then one, two, three. And so I was like, hey, maybe I should give it a shot and see what happens, you know, one through six and see if it resonates with her. And it didn't. And so a couple of years later, I'm dating who would eventually become my wife and and she had not seen Star Wars as well. And I was like, well, you know, I... You got to find new girlfriend. <laughs> so I... <laughs> I did the, you know, I thought about the one through six thing and like, you know, that didn't work. That was, that just crashed, you know? So I'm going to try a different approach. I'm going to do four, five, and six, and then think about one, two, and three. Just think about it. I attribute a lot of what I love about Star Wars and how it's associated with my childhood in the fact that those movies were staggered out by three years. Now, by today's standards, like you said, you know, it's a, it's a Netflix Disney plus world. That's almost unheard of, right? Waiting three years between movies. I mean, even the latest trilogy was, you know, two years and they supplemented with other Star Wars properties in the middle. So when A New Hope came out, which actually was just Star Wars back then, the toys came out, you know, a little time after that. And I got to play with the toys. And some of the things that were mentioned in the movie, you know, like the Clone Wars and, you know, multiple Jedi Knights going out and being the guardians of peace in the galaxy. Um, my toys got to live out those backstories you know i didn't have access to comic books at the time so i made up those stories and i kind of wanted to give her that sort of experience i mean definitely truncated but okay so how can i do that so we watch a new hope but there's all this backstory that would be great to have in there so i decided hey i'm going to re-edit the original trilogy so i actually edited a new hope and had put in um, some pivotal scenes from Revenge of the Sith as a flashback moment. And then I decided, well, if that works there, then I'm going to do the same thing in Empire Strikes Back. So there's a flashback moment that's been in inserted in there, again, from footage from Revenge of the Sith, some very pertinent footage. And then, of course, with Return of the Jedi, I have three different flashback moments in there to kind of fill in that backstory and to add more drama. So basically, those flashbacks are filling in the Anakin Skywalker story. And the reason why I thought that was important to do that was because it one helped fill in all that that backstory to kind of ratchet up the tension of who was Anakin Skywalker. But the biggest priority with doing all that was that I was not going to reveal who Anakin was until Darth Vader makes that statement to Luke Skywalker on Cloud City. The flashbacks don't violate that spoiler until it happens naturally from the perspective of Luke Skywalker. And she loves Star Wars now. She loved it. And she loves the fact that she got to see a, a, a different edit than what's currently available to the masses. Um, she talks it up all the time. In fact, we've had friends come over because they're so intrigued by this particular edit that I put together and my justifications explaining why I did it. And they've come over and they love it as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, that obviously is something that a very, very small number of people did, but it, it is really super interesting that people took the time to actually edit one, two, and three into four, five, and six and make them, um, you know, more relevant, maybe cut down on some of the uh, lesser uh, needed parts of it. I'm talking about Jar Jar, of course, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, go from there. So it's also intriguing to think that fans of Star Wars would actually take part ownership in, in, in curating an experience out of Star Wars for the for their loved ones to be introduced to it as well. Um, I mean, the fan edits that have come out are 
that is it's just a direct reflection of the love these fans have for the story and them trying to preserve like a perfect version of these movies and also add their own voice their own narrative about what they thought was the most important interpretation of the um the content i i love all the different versions that are out there that there's like a um it's like a machete order i think they even cut phantom menace out completely yeah um there was another one that came out the fan the phantom edit yeah that was very early in the whole process of dvd rentals and stuff that they had meticulously cut jar jar out of that and some other things and a lot of anakin's lines that had kind of fell wooden at the time um they were removed to make it a a very trim action-packed story um i think even topher grace the actor he he was known for having his own particular edit that people just absolutely celebrated i I could not find it online anywhere uh can you uh email that to uh before the zw at gmail.com buddy we'd be love to see it and uh give some props to you yeah (laughs) he's pretty successful i don't think he needs us to plug him but still well yeah he doesn't need us to plug him but um hey he could still send it to us travis that's what we're going for that's true yeah it is amazing that um so many people did those fan remixes and that's kind of what people are doing with music today i mean even um the most popular song of 2019 old town road uh you know Mm -hmm. started with a remix it was uh, a snippet of a Nine Inch Nails song that a producer in Amsterdam got and reworked, and then Little Nas X heard it and turned it into Old Town Road. Wow! So it's it's amazing. Uh, yeah, you should actually watch the video. There's a YouTube video from the uh, New York Times, um, and the producer didn't. They hadn't heard of each other or anything like that. It was just like all of a sudden, um, Little Nas X found found this music and uh, and uh, did it. And it, w- it was really crazy, but um, and that's what's happening. That's what happened with Star Wars because so many people loved it over the years. Think about this. You mentioned um, different artists' properties being brought together into it, like a mashup, right? Um, a lot of fan edits I've seen out there are they're strictly within Star Wars, within the movie context. But I actually had entertained an idea, um, a prequel to Star Wars that I had kind of considered editing together and, and kind of sprinkling again as flashback would be using the movie Willow, also a George Lucas film, but it was directed by Ron Howard. Um, and I kind of, my mind always thought that, you know, Willow would also be a great, like, prequel to Star Wars, like, way, way back in the day when people were just starting to discover the Force powers and they thought it was magic. I kind of see those as being in the same universe. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to, to see if there was a clever way to, to weave that Willow story into the bigger narrative of Star Wars in some way. That is possible, but I have... No knowledge of Willow, so I will refrain from comment. <laughs> yes. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I think that'll about do it for our first Order to Watch episode. We are going to go way more in-depth, if that's possible, later this spring or summer with a massive Order mm-hmm. to Watch, um, including all the animated properties, Rebels and Clone Wars and... And beyond. And video games. And video games. Yes, we have to get Kyle Katarn in there with the Moldy Crow, baby. Shout out. But that will about do it for this episode of the Before the Z-Wing podcast. Anything else, Travis, before we hit the road? No, just thank you so much for having these conversations with me. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right, guys, you can find us on Twitter at Before the ZW. That's the letter B, the number four, the ZW. 
On Instagram, we are before underscore the underscore Z-Wing, and we are before the Z-Wing on Facebook. So check us out there. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. That would really help us out. And And tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yes, absolutely. And coming up, Travis, episode five, The Mandalorian series review. This is episode five. Well, goodness. Then that'll we'll make it episode six. We're moving okay. along. Yes, the Mandalorian review. Very, very excited about having that conversation. Yes, that'll be in just a few days, and I'm not sure we'll be able to talk about anything other than Baby Yoda, but <laughs> I'll take care of that, and you can talk about everyone else, and we'll 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 call it at that. All right, you can exhaust the Baby Yoda topic, and I'll, I'll cover the rest of it. I've got <laughs> I've got Baby Yoda and his peanut mobile, and we'll be good to go. And then, after that, episode seven, the Holdo Maneuver, you hear, oh heard it boy. here first. Yep. Wow. We're going to talk half an hour on the Holdo Maneuver, and that's just crazy. It's just, it was one of the best scenes in The Last Jedi, and... Uh, yeah, you, you and I are going to argue about this one. This is going to be a heated battle. Yes, and you're wrong, <laughs> as, as most times. But, that's coming up in the near future, guys, right now. We are going to sign off for Travis Heiner. I'm Stefan Arnold. This has been Before ZW. Never underestimate a droid.